the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome to the Full Court Press. It's a Thursday afternoon. Grateful to have you joining us, however and wherever you are doing so, on 106 and FM, 1390 AM. The Fan and 106andthefan.com. AJ Knight, I'm AJ Salveson. Filling in for Eric Franson is AJ. He's done so throughout the last three days. He'll, uh, In fact, today's his last day filling in. Tomorrow, yeah. it's Carl Smith. Uh, and so, AJ, thank you for doing so. Yeah, of course, this man. Is, uh, it's been good to have you. I love doing it. It's been, a, it's been a good discussion so far. We've had some great interviews. We'll have another great one today. Adam Amin, uh, formerly of ESPN, now newly minted employee of Fox Sports, where he'll take his play-by-play talents to call Major League Baseball, NFL, and college football games uh, on that end. So excited to uh, have Adam on our show at 4.30. We'll have him on probably just a couple minutes before that so we can get as much time in to discuss the uh, sporting things of the world. There's a lot to get through today. <laughs> I'm sure he's finally excited because you got to think he's probably had a pretty boring oh, summer. And now yeah, all of a sudden he's going to be all over the place. You should, I, 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 do you follow him on Twitter? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Dude, he is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, really, really good follow up. And, and the best thing about him is he's like five, eight or something like that, <laughs> but he has this beautiful haircut, trim beard, and he looks so good. I'm going to tell him that. I'm going to tell him that as his intro. He looks so good in a three piece suit. I'm going to tell him that. <laughs> I'm just excited to talk to someone who's called so many games with, you know, you and I have some experience getting to do high yeah. school and ba- football and basketball. And so that being one of my dreams, I'm excited to talk to someone who's just done just about any major sporting event you can think of. Yeah, exactly. No, I, and, and I, th- I think, you know, we I, mean, I was able to help call a state championship basketball yes. game. And I'm like, yeah, I called a state. And he's like, great. I called the game-winning shot in the NCAA Women's uh, National Championship, which upset UConn and their winning streak. I also called the College World Series uh, softball championship game, where it uh, was one on a walk-off. I also called... Uh, you know, college football games that end on a hail mary. Yeah, you know. Well, you I know. still call the state championship <laughs> high school boys basketball. Aj, <laughs> uh, you can't consider, compare yourself to other people. Yeah, you got to build especially your, this guy. You got to build your building up high <laughs> your way. You can't knock down other people's buildings. Quinn Snyder made himself a, uh, available to the media for the first time since this pandemic, and so you will actually hear. We have the audio of his. Uh, of his uh, availability, and we'll play that here on this show for you all to hear. Uh, coach Quinn Setter, head coach of the Utah Jazz, they get ready to go to Florida uh, behind, uh, with, I guess, in Walt Disney's backyard to play eight regular season games, and then if they do play out well, then they can make the playoffs, and uh, we'll go from there. But, uh, yeah, so a lot to get through, and uh, we're grateful to have you guys. If you want to join the show, you're more than welcome to. You can text in at 435-339-0321. You can call in at 435-752-1069. Really quickly, do you need to get to some news and biz of the day? Uh, Let's uh, let's start here. Uh, Mr. Hartwell, Athletic Director of Utah State. This is actually pretty big news, too, to be honest with you. Um, He was named the fourth best non-Power 5 athletic director by the Stadium Network. Now... The qualifications and the way they rank them is is by the following. Uh, success of the coaches hired, which, by the way, he's hired two really solid hires if you look at the, the, 
the tennis or men's tennis coach right now and the men's basketball coach in Craig Smith. Yeah. Two really good hires. Difficulty of opponents in the respective conferences, bowl appearances, NCAA tournament trips, conference titles, and national championships won. The grades do not take any, uh, into consideration any fundraising or building of facilities by the athletic directors. Also, each athletic director gets credit for coaches hiring at each school, even after the AD moves on to another university and the coach remains at the original school. Uh, President Noel Cockett uh, released a statement saying, quote, I cannot think of anyone more deserving of this recognition. John reflects integrity and on everything he does and leads by example. He understands the value of a collegiate model of athletics and works hard to implement that model, both to the benefits of the individual and the larger institution. He also recognizes why we reference student first when we talk about the student athlete, and you see that in his personal care and concern for every Aggie athlete. John is a highly respected member of our executive committee, and through his leadership and uh, fiscal stewardship, I don't even know if I said fiscal right, but I did, makes us better as an institution, end quote. Uh, since assuming the duties of the Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at Utah State University, which, by the way, June 2nd of 2015, He's established a pattern of growth and stability that would rival any athletics department in the country and is unmatched in the history of Aggie athletics. You know, it's interesting. Uh, People are going to talk, and rightfully so, um, about uh, Craig Smith. Right. And what he did. 54 and, no, 55 and 14 in two years is Craig Smith. Not to mention... They would. They were going to go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, back-to-back appearances in the NCAA tournament. And by the way, they got him out of an NAIA school. Right. So when they hired him, everyone's like, "I come on, John. You you couldn't think of a better candidate. You couldn't go to LSU. You couldn't go to Ole Miss. You couldn't go to Florida. You couldn't go to Oregon." He says, "No, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do my job. Trust me." And then all of a sudden, we beat Nevada, the number twelfth ranked team in the country two seasons ago, and it goes from Craig who to Craig, I love you, stay forever. Mr. Hartwell, you're the greatest athletic director ever. Thank you. <laughs> and, and so the he's going to be recognized, and rightfully so, for the hiring of Craig Smith. But as someone noted it out to me, that he also has one other good hire, and it's James Wilton for men's tennis. Two regular season Mount West titles, two conference tournament titles. Um, True-blooded Aggie tweeted at me and said, John has done a phenomenal job at the helm of Aggie Athletics. It is extremely hard to argue that. His resume is pretty spit-shine, AJ. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, uh, no offense to the other sports, because I personally, I love seeing the other smaller the other smaller sports uh, coming from Purdue University, where I went. Um, one of the best sports there is actually women's golf. They're perennially a top-10 national finisher. Um, and so seeing the, the higher the men's tennis coach is good, but, you know, he's always going to, I think the, Everyone would acknowledge the weighted coaches are always going to be the big three. Football, men's basketball, women's basketball, because they generate the revenue. And you know, I mean, I got here and I saw the last the season before uh, Craig Smith. Just the first season of him, message, his coaching, whatever he, you know, whatever you want to classify it as, what he put, took the program and he put the program into a place where it was ranked going to the tournament was going to go to the tournament again this year. You and I talked earlier this week with uh, not Sam. Sam was college football. Who was Chris Vanini? Was it Chris yeah. was college football? Who no? The other one. Sam Vecini was Sam college Vecini. basketball. See, they rhyme. It's so close. Sam Vecini about college <laughs> basketball and and talked about the USU and and 
talked about Craig Smith and I think his ability to navigate, I think even with Sam Merrill leaving. And so, you know, he made that call and he absolutely nailed that call. Uh, not to mention you've seen, uh, you know, you had to navigate the the leaving of Wells going to Texas Tech. Yeah, I thought he actually, I thought he handled that well. Yeah. I really do. Uh, in all, USU has claimed five Mountain West regular season championships, four more along with the four, four bowl game appearances in football, while five total coaches have been named its conference coach of the year. That's all under Hartwell's tenure. That's not bad. Uh, in regards of the uh, academic classroom status under Hartwell, 93% graduation success rate, which, by the way, is the highest in the Mountain West. Cumulative uh, GPA of 3.36. That's the highest in school history. And during the 1920 academic year, had 186 student-athletes earn academic all Mountain West honors. 78 were named Mountain West Scholar-Athletes. And additionally, USU recognized 212 student-athletes at its annual Joe E. Elmo Whitesides Luncheon for earning a 3.2 or better GPA. That is spectacular. Yeah, he's earned a spot. My goodness. Absolutely. Do you think, like, resumes like that should be getting more attention around the country? I mean, and and look, I, I know Aggie fans are saying, no, don't you dare. We don't want Harrell to leave. But at the same time, this guy is doing this kind of a job at Utah State. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's got to be like big time programs that got to be like sniffing this guy and saying, "Man, <laughs> you got it going." Yeah, you know, I don't think somebody like Florida State, whose uh, oh, football team is just their well, their athletic program's a crap show too. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the so the stadium rankings you said didn't factor in fundraising, which I think is also a part because you know how. They love to build the facilities because it's a recruiting tool and all that. Um, so, but you know, it's good and bad because it's also just based on his sports paralysis and you know, winning cures all, as the saying is, and winning will generate revenue. And so, uh, the Craig Smith hire was a knockout of the park. I think uh, a lot of people were surprised. You have probably you have a better touch on the pulse than I do. I think Anderson was a big surprise rehire because his second turn, but higher yeah. with the departure of Matt sure, Wells. Sure, yeah. So that's the two top revenue draws for all of college sports. So he's, he's handled those and, and obviously had the success that you just lifted off. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, again, just impressive stuff, and congratulations to Mr. Hartwell and USU Athletics, uh, as Mr. Hartwell is named by Stadium Network as number fourth in the non-G, uh, non-Power 5 Athletic directors. And the thing is, put him against the P5s because I think he still hold a candle to them. I really do. Put put him against uh, Mountain West USC. Football. You know what? Put him against USC. I bet you he's better than USC's athletic director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's better yeah. than the Big 12 athletic, di- athletic directors. He has just been <sighs> on. Yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, you say, yeah, we're But here's the thing, AJ. They don't. We have great donors. At Utah State University, incredible donors, great people who support Utah State athletics. What Texas has, though, the money they bring in because of the donors there, it's a bigger market, it's a bigger money pool than what Utah State gets. So yes. he's he's dealing with a great university, and he's able, to, I mean, but with a smaller revenue pool, if if I dare say, because they don't have no, that's, Texas that's Longhorn. I don't Network. think anybody would be like, "How dare you?" No, it's fact. No, I agree. I think that, that you know, there's a fair amount that I I agree. I would take him over. I was just gonna say Mountain West football. I think stood up on its own last year. How many Power Five wins did they have spread throughout the conference last year? Yeah, a bunch. That's true. That's a good point. 
Um, but again, I I still think he can. I still think he could hold his own with some of the Power Five athletic directors out there in the country. I just, I do. I, I think he's got the, uh, and, and you can tell Utah State Aggie fans understand his impact so far on athletics. Hey, can we pivot just real quick? Because I, I think you're going to segue out of this, but I just want to point this out. Uh, speaking of USU, I I want to point out how much AJ loves USU because I was watching your Twitter yesterday and AJ was picking fights all around the Mountain West last night. Oh, that night. was fun. That was fun. <laughs> I just Bring wanted it. to point it out. Well, if some, you don't okay, follow yeah, here's on the Twitter. thing. Like, that stupid account tweets out, oh, hey, we own the rest of the state of Utah. Hey, well, freaking you moldy corn dog. Guess what? Utah State's beat you in back-to-back Mountain West Conference Championship games really with one individual performance, namely Sam Merrill. So then, when, then one other guy uh, or someone tweeted out, what was it? Um, Oh, Hey, uh, if you don't want to wear a mask, you know, or it's like like wearing a Utah oh. State jersey or something like yeah. that. And I was like, hey, you know what? If you want to get owned, I guess or no, I said, so, you know, folks, some people or some teams get owned by an individual, you know, performance. Don't be ashamed because San Diego State had it done to them back-to-back conference championship games by Sam Merrill. And then some kid tweeted out, well, doesn't he have like a .333 winning percentage versus San Diego State? Freaking numb nuts! Yeah, well, yeah. Do you know he might? But guess what? He only he has back to back wins versus you in a conference championship game. I think most people would take those two wins if even if he lost every other game. I told him I said, and by the way, those are the games that actually everyone counts. And then he came back, and you know what? The best thing is, is when San Diego Aztec, San Diego State Aztec fans say, "Well, it was a good thing that we lost because it gets us, you know, into California as a two seed." I'm like, "Oh, really? You should go to Malachi Flynn. Go to Coach Brian Dutcher." Go to Matt Mitchell. Hey, well, let me ask you something, uh, guys. Uh, yeah, so you lost, uh, you lost the conference championship game, but it's a good thing because you're going to be a two seed now. Ask him that. Ask him. <laughs> ask him if they feel a, good about losing the, the conference championship. Uh, it's just to a Sam Merrill reason. burying a deep three in your guys' grill to win it. Ask me how that feels, and uh, you know, see what they say. I'm sure they're going to take it really well from you. Morals. You tell him, AJ. You tell him. I can't, dude. That's you my tell rant. him. I'm sorry, I ranted. I shouldn't, but I just can't stand. I just wanted that. to. I just wanted Have to point out that you're standing out, standing up. All things USU. Go Big Blue. Diehard USU athletics guy right here. Diehard Aggie guy, no doubt. Uh, we got a, a text message in from nine three one five. Think that AJ was amazing with his Twitter comments defending the Aggies on Twitter. That's, sure enjoyed it. Thank you. That's hilarious. If you do not follow him, it's. I promise you, it's worth it. If you're an Aggie fan, if you're a Cougar fan, like tread carefully. Yeah, that's fair. If Utah you're a U State, fan, I, you, I can deal with Utah you. State I love fan, or you have Weber no, State. Like, you know what? West. I love Weber State Wildcat fans. I right. love Southern Utah fans because they just shut up and they. Stay, oh, you know, and, 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 and you would know of all people. That's the case. There are plenty of there's plenty of colleges that you would say even in the same conference. Like for me, I'm a Purdue fan. Northwestern fans are amazing and super gracious. Yeah. IU fans are absolutely terrible. And you know what? New, New Mexico fans aren't that bad either. See, yeah, I funny. think New Mexico is actually all right. When we when we beat them in the conference tournament, I say we. Uh, when Utah State you basketball beat them in the conference tournament, it was they were actually pretty cool. I mean, they some of them came down, and I was walking out, and they said, "You know, we lost, but that was a heck of a basketball game." And I said, "You're right. That was like you almost forget that we beat New Mexico because you're thinking." That was got to be one of the greatest tournament games we've seen in recent memory. That game was better than the San Diego State Championship game, if I dare say. They're good games. 
Hey, uh, before we go to break, I, I, I want to get through this because this is so important to me, and it, and I'm sure it's important to you. Uh, Vince Carter has officially called it a career. Don't you feel bad that I he do. didn't even get a chance it, it, to get it in? It kind of made me sad because you remember, just like me, watching in 1999 or 2000. Vince Sanity. The, 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 the dunk contest that put him not just on the map in the NBA world, but all over the world, period. His through-the-legs dunk is when he stuck his Arm the one that always stands out to rim. me is the, was it the Olympics one or the FIBA one? Oh, the Olympics, the seven footer, yeah. And then the honeypot jam, the honeypot jam. He sticks his elbow in. Oh, in the dunk contest, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the two that stand out to me. I feel uh, so bad. I think a lot of people were hoping that he was just going to get. I didn't think the Hawks were legitimate, but that they were going to get a chance to at least get him in the playoffs. Uh, what are some of your memories of Vince Carter? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know the dunk contest is there. The big dunk over the seven footers. Is that Siberia or something? I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Didn't even make him famous. Uh, those two. Um, really, I think those two are the big ones that stand out to me because uh, he was never on teams that I was a super huge fan of. And when he was in his prime, was when I was paying a little bit less attention to basketball. I knew about sports stars, but I was like super big into football then. I still remember when he put AK-47 on a poster. <laughs> <laughs> like Who they, didn't he put on a poster? Yeah, Let's be that's honest. true. That's a great point. Um, he had so much respect everywhere he went. And you know what? He was a guy who stayed out of trouble. Yeah, I, I don't never really saw him on the outside of news doing something stupid, going to a bar, Shooting himself in the leg. Who was that? Plexico Burris. Yeah, Plexico Burris. Yeah. There you it's go. one of my favorite uh, friend of mine. The next season in fantasy football's team, his team name was the Pla- uh, Plaxidental Shooting. I still remember his game winner versus the Jazz when he was playing for the Nets. Mm-hmm. Like a deep three to win it. I, and uh, you also, you know what I feel bad is that I think he only had two good playoff runs. No, did, wait, didn't he go to the finals with the Nets and they went to play? I did he play the Lakers? Nets in the finals? went. Twice, I thought. Okay, so we did go then. I can't remember if that was him or not. I think so. Yeah, because that was the uh, what was a kid, kid uh, Vince Sanity, and and uh, they just didn't stand a chance. Jefferson, man. I want to say, Richard didn't Jefferson. stand a flipping chance against those guys. That that sucks. He, but he, honestly, class act athlete, class act player. What do you think is his second act? Do you think he's going to do uh, announcing? Or do you think he's going to just step okay, away from the sport? So I really, really hope, and I doubt he will. Because you you know there's going to be a lot of TV commentary going on with the NBA coming back on July 30th. Right. You know, ABC, ESPN, Fox, whatever else. I hope he goes and does some commentary. I know he wants to get away from the game, and I totally get it and understand it. I would love to see someone of his mind, his IQ. uh, I would love to see him go and comment on games on TV. Like, even as an analyst. It can be a color analyst or just a, a a network analyst. I'll take it, AJ. I would I, love to see him do that. I don't think he does, though. I got to tell you, I, I'll take him over, and I don't know what your opinion is, so maybe we're about to fight about this, but I'll take him over Paul Pierce because I'm tired of Paul Pierce using his platform to defend his legacy. Oh, dude. You're not better than Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Dwayne Wade's legacy is way better. Just stop it. Yeah, You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah, where's Paul Pierce getting that from, by the way? He just, I think he just has, he has a little bit of little man syndrome about his legacy. And so he just attacks everyone because he wants everyone to remember he was great. Do and he, he is great. Don't get me wrong. Do you remember <laughs> when Draymond Green was sitting on the bench and Paul Pierce was getting like some garbage time minutes? And Draymond's like, you don't matter. No one cares about <laughs> you anymore, man. 
You're old. Draymond's a jerk. <laughs> it's just funny Sometimes coming from hilarious. Draymond. Yeah. They're up by like 30, and it's, it had nothing to do with Draymond. And he was still just giving it to Paul Pierce. <laughs> it was one of the best things I ever saw. And Paul's just trying to ignore him, but obviously he can hear him. Oh, it was so good. I oh, I loved it. By the way, do you know what Draymond was saying the other day? I did not. What did he say? Uh, Draymond, which is, I mean, so he's, he's, he's out this year, obviously. Um, the Warriors are out of it as well. Uh, so As per their plan. Let the record show. I wrote about this last year. This was their plan. They're, they, they're, they're, they're fine. And you know what's crazy? And I read that plan, and it's freaking coming back to life. I'll tell us what's going to happen. It sucks. It just absolutely sucks. Uh, where is this thing? I'm going to find it. There's a quote by Draymond. He talks about how, you know what? Everyone seemed to forget me. Now they're going to remember me next year. And I'm like, Draymond, that's because Stephen, that's because Stephen Claire coming back, bro. That's the only reason why. So, like, because you wouldn't talk any smack this year, but next year when you get Stephen Clay back, oh, it's back. Yeah, I'm back. If Clay, if Clay and Stephen are back, then I'm back with them. Yeah, well, I think there's something to be said about knowing your role, obviously, and, and knowing what you need to do to contribute to success. But I'm with you. It kind of it comes across the wrong way because it's like you were playing this year. Where were you at? <laughs> your team was terrible. You had the worst record in the NBA. But yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for knowing your role. And his role is he's he's best when he's not expected to score and he can kind of just be a glue guy that's kind of the fire. Yeah. But I'm telling you, watch out for them. A lot of people told me I was crazy, that they were done. No, no, I'm I'm with you. I, back. Look, they are going to get a top three lottery pick. Stephen Clayer coming back. They might even trade that top three lottery yep. pick. And if it's a number one, yep. I would don't be surprised if they turn around and throw that at Milwaukee's face well, and say, hey, does this smell good to you? Well, don't forget, they got uh, with the trade with Russell, they got one or two picks from Minnesota. And are you telling me, with, and I, I think D is a pretty interesting player and Cat's not bad, but I mean, they can't make the playoffs. You tell me all of a sudden they're going to magically figure it out next year? They well, haven't been able to figure it out. They're gonna get a lottery pick from Minnesota. Well, and and the other, and do they keep D'Angelo? Or do they say, you know what? We'll give you D'Angelo and the number two or number one or number three no, pick. Golden State traded D'Angelo. Remember they traded. Sorry, for Wiggins. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I mean, I'm talking about uh, Wiggins. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Wiggins and the number one, two, or three pick to Yon for Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee. I think that's why one of the one of the stories uh, for the NBA playoffs this year is going to be uh, Milwaukee because rumors came out after last season. That he was kind of in a situation where he was going to give it one more year, and then if it didn't work, he was going to be like, all right, I'm not going to win here. So it'll be, I mean, I think they got to make it. For him to stay and be happy, I think Milwaukee has to make it to at least the finals. Which makes sense. I, I could agree with that. Yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, so again, Vince Carter has officially uh, announced his retirement. He's done playing basketball. And I think that's what he said, too, is I'm, I'm officially done playing basketball today. Yeah, I, 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 again, I, I'm kind of bummed. Didn't get to see him get like one last raw. It seemed like he was just trying to catch on with a team those last few seasons. Just let me get one run with a team that's going to end. It just didn't work. And it just never worked out. Yeah. And, and, I, and it's unfortunate he ended up being on the Hawks for the end of it. Yeah. Like you said. Um, but again, what a wonderful career. He is a Hall of Famer. I know there's people saying, well, is he a Hall of Famer or not? No. Yeah, he's a Hall of he's Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. T Mac's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, if T but if T Mac's getting in. No, absolutely. Vince Carter's freaking yeah, absolutely. getting in. I mean, Vince Carter at least got to the finals. <laughs> T Mac couldn't get out of the second round. Oh, fetch. 
All right, we're going to take a break. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited to have our next guest on, Adam Amin. He's a newly minted employee of Fox Sports. Right. He takes his talents from ESPN to Fox. We'll ask him about that. Well, he's uh, also got a new gig working with the Chicago Bulls next yep. season. Yep. Uh, we're going to ask him about uh, what he expects to see for baseball, for college football, for NFL, and uh, for the NBA. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. That's AJ Knight. I'm Aljay Salveson, 106 and FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. AJ Knight, full court press with AJ Knight and AJ Salveson. I'm filling in for Eric this week. Uh, he's been gone. Uh, Carl's going to be back uh, tomorrow with uh, AJ. I think we're going to talk a little NASCAR as uh, AJ gets our interview set up here that I'm looking forward to again. Uh, Adam, uh, uh, Adam uh, Amin, uh, now form- uh, formerly of ESPN, now currently on Fox Sports, set to be the voice for uh, TV for Chicago Bulls, which has me pumped. So I'm going to ask about the Bears, if I'm being honest. Of course you would. I got I to gotta ask about the quarterback situation. Oh, so you don't want to ask about the quarterback situation? No, just his opinion. <laughs> we can commiserate as Bear fans. <laughs> so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is our honor and it is our privilege to have. He is, uh, look, no one looks better. In fact, <laughs> I have hope as a man, as short as I am, but <laughs> with if you have a fresh haircut, a trim, firm beard, and you look as good in a three-piece Nice looking suit on national television, as Adam Amin does. You can get a lot of places, but he, of course, he has a great, wonderful voice as well. Adam Amin of Fox Sports uh, joins us here on the Full Court Press. Adam, my man, thank you. <laughs> what? What, is what the hell was that intro? <laughs> do, you, do you like that or, or, or no? Uh, I, I liked it. I. <laughs> it was very good. It was. It was way off base. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so, it's, it's objectively wrong. Like, <laughs> well, hey, I, look, I, I don't think. Most people can agree on this. <laughs> I've seen you on national television. I, I'm telling you, like I just, I'm like, you know what? I might be short, but and and I and with all due respect, I say this, Adam. I see the oh, the, course, the haircuts, the trim beards, and I say, if I can look like that, I've got a shot. I've- I that is very kind. That is very <laughs> kind of you to say. I appreciate that. That's tremendous. I am. I I take that. The heart, my heart is full. That is very kind of you to say. You also feel incredibly awkward right now, too, and I don't blame you. <laughs> so forgive me. Uh, well, Adam, you've alleviate, you alleviated a little bit, so I do appreciate it. At least there's that. <laughs> Adam, congratulations on your new gig with Fox Sports. We're happy for you. I wanted to ask, and I know this sounds a little bit egocentric to, to make you answer this, but what was the transition and the decision to go from ESPN, where you called some incredibly memorable games, to go to Fox Sports? I think just... Uh, you know, the opportunity to grow a little bit at, at Fox and, and to challenge, you know, to, to take on a new challenge of, you know, focusing on Major League Baseball and the NFL and, and kind of locking in and narrowing down the portfolio a little bit. Uh, the Bulls thing had a lot to do with it. It was just the flexibility of being able to do all of it. Uh, not that ESPN wouldn't have been. It's just really a good fit, you know, at Fox. And I don't think I, uh, I, I wouldn't have left if I didn't feel that it was the right time and the right opportunity. Uh, I, I, I thought very carefully about this. So it was, it was certainly a difficult thing, you know, in the, in the, uh, 
you know, first world problem sense of things like, you know, where do I want to work? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very fortunate, very uh, lucky position to be in. So I, I, I understand that. But uh, it, it was, you know, it was definitely a difficult decision for a lot of factors, you know, nine years at, at one place that you like a lot uh, and, and grew up at. Uh, it's not not easy to leave, but uh, I feel like I made the, the the right choice and the right decision. What's your schedule looking like now, going from basically a summer without sports to every sport imaginable back in July? I mean, we'll see. You know, that, that's the thing. We're we're all kind of in a holding pattern as it is right now. Most broadcasters uh, and most networks are as well until there's a schedule created you know that the one thing is it's, it's good to have an opening day set july 23rd or 24th it's good to have the nba back late in you know last two days of july but until a schedule is created you can't really create a tv schedule to follow it up so that's uh, that's still the next step and that's what the next several weeks are gonna are gonna reveal to, to a lot of us so we're your, looking forward to it your talent has allowed you to call so many different sports i know this is kind of a broad question to ask you but is there a stadium that you haven't been in that you've been desperately wanting to be a part of to call a game? I mean, you know, getting to go to a lot of these college towns affords you unique opportunities to enjoy a unique atmosphere. Like, that's the one thing about, you know, the word unique means one of a kind. And every place you go to, in particular in college football, is one of a kind. Like it's, it's very specific to that place in that city and that town and that university and that, that, that school. So, you know, there's so many that I never had yet had an opportunity to check out on the college, especially on the college football end of things, whether it's in the PAC 12 or the big 10 uh, in particular, you know, I got to see a lot of the sec, a lot of the ACC. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I made my rounds in those places, but you know, Big Ten, Pac-12 didn't really get the experience as much as I would have liked to. Um, you know, in my in my time covering college football, like so, th- there's there's a bunch out there, man. Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, two places I hadn't been to yet. Um, you know, a couple spots in the SEC that I still would have you know liked to check out, but nothing that I like look back on and say, ah, shoot, I can't believe I didn't get a chance to go there. You when, when you when you get uh, you know, the, as many opportunities to do some some cool stuff as I was lucky enough to do. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get your fill of just cool experiences if you look at them individually. So. With all the the sheer amount of just different events, sporting events, and sports you've covered, what what was the toughest one to get prepared for? I I would say on a weekly basis, probably college football, just because of the sheer depth of the rosters like the NFL is a cakewalk in comparison to college football, just because it's for, you know, there's 53 per roster, only 46 are going to dress on Sunday. You know, you're that's less than a hundred people that you have to worry about. And uh, that's, that's one roster potentially in college. You don't know who's dressing, who's not. Uh, they got double numbers, like just, just so by just sheer depth of information, the sport is so big, like it's, and it's so interconnected. You know, what happens in the ACC affects, could potentially affect a team in the Big Ten, and, and it could affect a team in the Big 12, and, and that's just how college football is created. You know, that's the infrastructure of it. Um, and the, there's so much connectivity to it that you really have to be up on all of it, especially if you're covering it at a high level and you're covering teams that are in the, in the playoff picture or the big game picture. 
So I think just by sheer depth alone, college football is probably the most difficult. But in terms of like depth of history, Major League Baseball, you know, just the level of history that that is revered in in that sport. I mean, that makes that difficult. You know, each one is unique. You know, each one has its uh, specific challenges. But I think if we're talking about depth, then it's probably like college football and Major League Baseball. You've been able to call the women to Final Four in some of the most memorable games probably in women's Final Four history, without a doubt, and also women's college softball World Series. Can you talk about the appreciation you have for those women athletes and, and what they're able to, uh, the show they're able to put on for the fans? Yeah, I just, I, I went into it not thinking about it in that sense. I, I, have ne- I never have, and that goes back to when I played, you know, volleyball in junior high. You know, that, the, the, that wasn't considered necessarily like, the, it wasn't like up to the level of football in terms of masculinity. It's just a sport that I like. And it was, and when you start playing it, it's hard, you know, like it's like the rigors of it are unique to that sport, but like, it's a hard sport to be good at. So uh, my appreciation level for it just skyrocketed, whether it was men's or women's, it didn't matter to me anymore. I, we, you know, we, our teams played the women's teams all the time and we all got better because of it. So it never struck me as odd to think of women's sports or, or it struck me as odd to think of women's sports differently than men's. It was just, you know, in my, in my perspective, it was just, Hey, it's a sport. Let's go cover it. You know, when we got to college uh, at Valpo, the first sport I asked to cover was, was the women's volleyball team because I had played and I loved the sport and I wanted to broadcast it. And I got that opportunity. So when I was immersed in it right away, it never occurred to me as being anything other than just the next game to call or the next game to cover or the next team to interview or whatever it was. Uh, and I think having that level of kind of conditioning to it and then going to my first full-time job out of school covering, you know, a really successful girls basketball team. Like I'm not, I don't really care that it's a girls team. I'm just happy they're good. So we have something exciting to cover. Uh, I think that's, where it, where, where it comes from, just an appreciation for it as a sport and not as something that has to be treated with any type of other gloves, just to treat it with the same level of respect and, and preparation that you would any big event. Uh, I think that's probably the thing that, that I'm, or it's certainly one of the things I'm proudest of in my time at ESPN is that we tried to elevate women's sports, not because they were women's sports, but because they were really good and they were entertaining as much as any other sports I would cover. So why would I treat them any differently? And I'm proud of how we, how we try to elevate that coverage. Great answer. Mr. Amin, congratulations again on uh, uh, being announced, going to be one of the main TV announcers for the Chicago Bulls. Um, What are the, to you, uh, what are the big differences in different challenges between doing the same team uh, with like you will with the Bulls versus doing a set events like with college football where you're not necessarily following the same team each week? Yeah, I think uh, what's cool about it is you get to invest yourself, invest a little bit more of yourself into the job. Uh, you know, that fandom that I had. So, and again, the Bulls are my hometown team. I grew up with them. Go Bulls. Like, I'm, I'm very, exactly. Like I'm very familiar <laughs> with like the emo, like I'm familiar with the emotional connectivity of this team. So I think having that and being able to put a little bit of that into the call and into the job and how you perceive 
you know, two different teams, like you get to perceive one team as better, like as the heroes of that particular night, like you're working with that, with that group. And that's fun. That, that concept sounds fun to me. It sounds like a new challenge. It's something I haven't really been able to do outside of a couple spurts in probably nine years, you know, last time I worked for a team full time was nine years ago. So that excites me. I think the challenge of it is to try to be as informed on the other team as possible, because you're going to know so much about your team. And then it's one thing to have as much knowledge as possible. You have to kind of be judicious in how you distribute that knowledge. Like if I'm doing a national NBA game and it's the bulls and the Kings, I'm going to probably discuss both teams to a fair, you know, equality, not, you know, the game itself is going to dictate who you talk about more. If I'm doing bulls Kings for the bulls, like I'm not going to give you as much info on the Kings because you don't really need to know it. You need to know the treetop stuff as a bulls fan, but then you have to kind of figure out how much of these same stories are you going to tell for your own team? How do you keep the broadcast fresh every night? If the bulls, are are struggling uh, you know how do you navigate through that which again the last couple of years has been good practice you know the bulls were out of the playoff hunt in a couple of games i called they were in the playoff hunt in a handful of games i called i've seen both sides of it so those are just some of the i know kind of a long answer but those are just some of the different challenges and and uh you know nuances of it is what's going to the sports broadcaster fantasy world if there's one guy you could have as a color analyst for any game who would it be man uh great question uh if i had the chance to work with john madden Mm. to do like a super bowl (laughs) i think that'd be pretty cool Mm. like just like you know like i've i've known him in different spaces of my life like i knew him as a kid as like the guy on TV and I've then I as like a teenager I knew him as like the video game guy and now I kind of understand the full scope of why he's so important to football to the NFL in particular so uh if I if I had a chance to do a game with him I think that'd be awesome who's the play-by-play guy one play-by-play guy that you looked up to that you listened to um as you were growing up well I mean there's so many especially coming from Chicago, you know, there's a lot of great ones. Uh, you know, I, I imagine, I, I, again, I don't know where you guys are all from, but if, if it's is a Utah show. Uh, yeah, like, Utah, yep. So, you know, I imagine Hot Rod, hum, you know, Hot Rod Hunley was probably a guy that a lot of people listen to. You know, I know David Locke does a lot of good work now and has for a long time. Like, you know, those are guys that, you know, the, the, the Hot Rod Hunley of Chicago is like, Neil Funk, you know, or Jim Durham or, <laughs> or Pat Hughes. Like there's a lot of those types of guys in, uh, in this city in particular. So you grow up with a lot of good influences. And then when you start to do the job or like, I'm going to school, going to college, I'm, and I'm starting to become more of a student of it. You naturally latch on to a lot of the national broadcasters just because they're calling most of the games that you're watching, you know? So it's, it's a mix of a lot of Chicago people and a lot of national people many of whom I now get to call colleagues, you know, or, or and, and at times coworkers. So it's been cool to have, have that, you know, relationship eventually with a Dan Shulman or an Ian Eagle or a Mike Tirico or a Sean McDonough. It's, it's, it's cool to, 
you know, be able to call those people colleagues. It's a, it's a, it's a very cool experience. Adam, I waited till the end because uh, I'm I'm from northern Indiana, so I'm a Bulls fan as well. And I wanted to ask you what you make of the Chicago Bears quarterback situation as a fan. Good gosh. I want to know. I'm a Bears <laughs> fan. He's from Chicago. He's a Chicago fan. I mean, I call the preseason game. So, like, I... I there, you go. there you go. But I'm, uh, I have, this, this will be my third year doing their preseason games, assuming we have one. And I think uh, it's it's good for Mitch to be pushed. You know, he hasn't really been, the last couple of years, he hasn't really been pushed in the position. And, like, I love Chase Daniel. I think, like, he's an awesome human being, and he was a really good, capable quarterback. Uh, he wasn't pushing Mitch Trubisky for the starting job. And now I think there's a, there's potential there to kind of get Mitch into a place where he is, you know, it's, it's, he, I think he needs a, a little bit of a push. I think he's got a chip on the shoulder mentality and I think he takes some things to heart. And I think having somebody there uh, to really truly challenge him for the job is a good thing for him. And if he gets beat out, like you're looking right now at the backup quarterback position being more important than ever. Uh that is pre-COVID-19. Now with this uh, uh, added element to uh, hopefully a 2020 season, like with this as an added element, the backup quarterback is that much more important. So uh, I don't think having somebody who's got a Super Bowl ring uh, in that position as a potential backup or maybe as a, as a starter, I don't think that's a bad thing by any means. Adam, you are so damn good. This was so much fun. That was the quickest 15 minutes I could have ever. Uh, I just It's a shame that it has to come to an end. But thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. We'll be watching for you. I uh, wish you the best. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you. Thanks, you Adam. You bet. That's Adam Amin of uh, Fox Sports. Newly minted, talented uh, Fox Sports employee. Dude's living my dream. Yeah, no kidding. He's, he's, he's such a blast to listen to. and. Uh, and is so good, just so good. And he he brought to light women's sports because of his calls, really. Uh, and it became like worldwide known, and and it became viral. Uh, and uh, it's again honor and a pleasure to have him on our show. And and that was a blast. And so, uh, big thanks to him. All right, we're gonna take a break. Coming back, uh, NBA's got some news on the travel dates and plans for teams traveling to Orlando. Uh, we'll get to those and more NBA news talk here coming up on the Full Court Press, one hundred six on FM. 1390 AM, the fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. AJ Knight, AJ Salveson, Full Court Press. 452 time. We close it up on a Thursday. Get you ready for the freaking weekend. Time to P-A-R-T-Y, because we said so. Hope you're having a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, AJ will be gone. His time of joining me on this show for the week is uh, yep. come to a close. And uh, tomorrow you'll get Carl Smith. What are you guys going to talk about? Uh, NASCAR. Uh, a lot going on in NASCAR. I want to get his thoughts on the NASCAR situation. Uh, I know he was working on a guest who is an expertise in the NASCAR field, so we'll get his thoughts. Did you see not to not – to- divulge too much because Carl much more educated opinion on NASCAR now it seems like people are going the other way oh dude on this, the rope it's still, yeah. like what is yeah what's so, going on I hate it because you're like okay I'm so confused 
Yeah, I it, it it's not making a whole lot of sense to me right now. And there's there's pieces to the puzzle that are missing, and they're big pieces too. Seems like it. Like there's major pieces missing to this puzzle, and there and and the problem is is that the NASCAR is like, you know what? Seal the box, close it, we're done. Let's move on. It's really confusing because it, when it was announced that it was a uh, what door pull, I was like, okay, that's really ridiculous that someone thought it was a noose. Amen. And now they're showing pictures. I'm like, okay, and yeah, dude, that kind of looks, looks like, a, like noose. a noose. Yeah. How do you and and if it's been there since last fall and you knew it was there, and you guys didn't see it? Yeah, I it's like you said. There's information that doesn't seem to be there. It's not connecting the dots. To yeah. Me. I, I agree. I'm really confused on what's happening. Yeah, that makes two of us. Uh, there have been uh, some announcements made in regards of the NBA's travel plans uh, for all 22 NBA teams to Orlando. Uh, on July 7th, the team said to Orlando will be the Nets, Nuggets, Magic, Suns, Jazz, and Wizards. On the 8th, the Celtics, Mavericks, Clippers, Grizzlies, Heats, Pelicans, Thunders, and Kings. I said Thunders. Thunder ah. and Kings. Uh, and then on July 9th, the Rockets, Pacers, Lakers, Bucks, Sixers, Blazers, Spurs, Raptors. So there's only one, two, three, four, five, six headed out in the seventh. And then there's eight teams on the eighth and ninth. Uh, but again, Jazz will head out on July 7th. Uh, Quinn Snyder uh, did speak with the media today. Unfortunately, we don't have time to play the audio. Um, we will get that audio posted for you, though, so you can hear it. Uh, but uh, Quinn talks about the uh, the protest um, and and dealing with the situation as a head NBA coach yeah. with teams who or with players who are African American who have a belief in this system. Uh, in fact, you, again, read AJ's article. It's so good, so it's profound and it's un- it has a sense of understanding and of realism of what's going on. It's it's really really good AJ stuff. Thank you. Uh, I actually wrote a, another one not to self promote, but I wrote another one about Salt Lake fans last yes, night. Yes, which by the way I'll be tweeting out here in just a moment. It, that's it, give us a little bit of teaser what you uh, written that one. Uh you know, we we I think we had a really great discussion yesterday about Donovan Mitchell and just what he experienced this week when he put up his post. And so I went back and and looked and uh Utah Jazz, as we talked about, Salt Lake fans have an issue, have a history, it seems. And so I went back and examined it and found some quotes from some old players and just wrote, this is exactly what, it's the same problem as last year. You're not getting it. And so I think Donovan Mitchell got the full brunt of it. There's a really good video of, uh, it was um, Kyle Korver, uh, Udo, uh, Nyang, and... uh, Cephalosha sat oh, down last yeah. year for that like 15 minutes. That was a great conversation, yes. on YouTube. I watched that as well, yes. and so they, I think they hit on it as well, and they made the point, look, passion's one thing, but if we weren't wearing jazz jerseys, are you going to treat us the same way that you treated Westbrook? So I went through and looked at that, and that's on Facebook, on Twitter, on mine. I'll put it out on Twitter as well, and uh, make sure you read it. AJ's got really great insight, really great opinions. AJ, thank you again for the last four days. Love being on. Anytime you need me, buddy. For AJ Knight, for Adam Amin, I'm AJ Salveson. Thank you for tuning into the Full Court Press. We'll talk to you on a Friday. Let's go.